Hello, welcome back to another episode of Make Melonade. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jamie Oliphant, who is a comedian and also works as a teaching assistant for two SEN schools in um, London. So they're schools that work with people with neurodiversities or disabilities and educate them in a way that works towards their learning style and and is positive for their skill set. So we talk a lot about that, um, the difference between SEND schools and mainstream schools. Really, really amazing conversation between the link of neurodiversity and well-being and how SEND schools are really good at teaching well-being and just how important it probably is for all education to have that involved in the curriculum. Really great conversation. Jamie's also got a show at Bolts, festival and um, so we speak about that too we talked for a lot longer than we intended to but that's a really engaging conversation so I hope you enjoy it this one was not actually filmed in a pub like the other ones and um, but there is a weird draining sound um, that makes it sound like we recorded it in a toilet but we didn't <laughs> but yeah enjoy Hi there, so today I'm speaking with Jamie, who is a comedian and also has the show on at Vaults Festival. Do you yes. want to introduce yourself? Hi Bex, um, I'm Jamie, Jamie Elephant. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird name, I've got to say that at the start, it's like Elephant but with Ollie. Um, and I am a, a teaching assistant in a special needs SEN school in a couple of schools in uh, northwest London. I work in Harrow and in Ealing and I've done it for like maybe a year and a half now. Yeah, and so your surname works very well for the, <laughs> the name yeah. of your show at Vault. It does, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the surname, like, it's, yeah, obviously, um, sounds like elephant, so I just run off every cheesy pun with elephant. So, at the moment, uh, this is the elephant in the room. And then I think this coming Edinburgh show will be called An Elephant Never Forgets. And so, yeah, <laughs> that is great. Yeah, it so works. Options. Yeah, exactly. It um, works. My friends like, was just um, telling me the other day there were so many things I could do because I hadn't really thought about it. And, he, and I was like, well, what else would you do? And he was like, all the fantasy. And I was like, okay, that's great. So I, I, that's my ticket discount code at the moment. If uh, wants to, yeah, jump in there. Can, there we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a bit more about your show? About the show, yeah. yeah, the show is um, just about the last two years of me working in in the schools and the kind of environments that have been been sort of chucked in. I think uh, when you start off, um, it is incredibly overwhelming because you know they there's such a need for teaching assistants at the moment that you don't really get a huge amount of training, but you will get a lot of guidance throughout the day depending on the schools that you're at. Mm. Um, but you quite often just get chucked in at the deep end, and um, so you're learning a huge amount on the job, and you're watching other people who know how know those environments, have all the training, and have done all the work, and you're just asking them questions constantly. So. I think it's maybe it feels kind of like a boot camp for the first month just because mm. you're picking up so much new information um but after that yeah you just hope that the environment that you're you're in kind of matches up to the level that you're at and that you can help the kids that you're working with in the classes and stuff yeah okay so i'm guessing it's and it's kind of about like your experience of going yeah to yeah definitely um so my experiences my encounters with the kids um just it's all that 
show I just wanted it to be like a positive show celebrating the kids that I've been working with in terms of them being really funny in loads of situations and just putting on stage basically what had been said to me word to word because I thought it was hysterical and it was I was kind of uh really I'll say I was I was really struggling for in comedy like mm. for ages trying to find something unique to talk about that people wanted to come up to me after shows and like chat to me and say oh hey I really like this bit yeah and, um and then I just told one story about school once in this quite um difficult club in Piccadilly Circus like at a competition night and it just went so well as a bit and yeah people loved it and I just had you know, previously, I'd never really made, this can sound really lame, but I'd never really made anyone over, like, 40 ever laugh in my comedy sex. I think my comedy was just previously all about, like, youth culture and stuff like that, mm. and, like, drinking and going out and stuff. And then when I started talking about school, that was when I had, like, you know, blokes in their 60s and ladies yeah. in their 60s coming up to me. it's relatable for everyone, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. And I was like, um, this is just... A, a bit of a game changer for me in terms of being on stage and I felt like if I do it in a way that celebrates them I'm not um, and ultimately they are incredibly smart and incredibly funny and they will always flip the tables on you yeah. and yeah. Um, always win the arguments so it's that's about, great yeah. yeah I think that's definitely like with Melanade as well it's trying to be like oh I was at this disadvantage neurodiverse people can have these disadvantages but actually we have all these like great abilities as well and like them to not be overlooked yeah they're definitely funny in in themselves like yeah i'll get words confused so just an example i'll always be like oh window but mean like door and it's hilarious and i can laugh at that yeah i don't know and then yeah yeah i can definitely see (laughs) i'm looking forward to seeing when is it it's on uh it's on this wednesday and uh, at 8 15 15. hello darling at the cocktail okay um and yeah no it's 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 exactly that it's just about sort of celebrating their way of kind of winning the arguments and yeah i i think you know sort of humor is a way to just look at people as people as well Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes Especially, like, in the media, we're very kind of reductive with a lot of the stuff that gets put out there in terms of maybe sometimes either being cruel or overly protective, and then that kind of just serves to dehumanise people, and it just... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to do a lip sync at the moment to um, We Don't Need No Education. Amazing. And trying to put in some facts about SEN... It's S-E-N-D schools, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. and trying to put in some facts that I found about that, but also it is just loads of facts and trying yeah. to like humanize those facts and yeah. be, like they are affecting people. Like all these figures and numbers and stats that the government are throwing yeah. are actually what they're saying, no, it's confusing, is really affecting people in their like day to day lives. Hugely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so massive. And I think. Um, it's so many things that people kind of take for granted and, you know, it'll be funding in certain areas that impact it and, you know, and you don't really hear these voices because, mm. you know, neurodiverse voices aren't being pushed nearly as much as they should be in the media and as a result is, you know, massively underrepresented. Um, and I've been chatting to one of the teachers at school who's kind of doing a similar thing to yourself. Like he's um, with kids, he's trying to get together um, a group of them 
his 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 class to do a musical about their own experiences and they're all sort of writing music in a genre that they really like so it's like yeah it's really fun so and it's all about their journey and and how what they go through on a daily basis how people look at them how people see them at the bus stop what they think of them when they go into the shops and stuff and what public perception is and then uh, yeah, he was showing me some recordings of it the other day, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" It's just, and it's really positive as well. It's just a yeah. really, you know, huge celebration of neurodiverse stuff, basically. Yeah, that's a great. I guess what we were also talking about earlier would be great if you could go in a bit more about like the funding for yeah. those schools, because the lip sync I'm doing is mainly the numbers and the figures are all the funding. Yeah. Or lack of funding. Yeah. And there is definitely more experience of that. Um, in terms of my experience with the funding, I mean, it's from my perspective, it's kind of like I get called in as a person who's agency staff. So um, if they've got the funding and provisions to bring in agency staff that week, they'll they'll kind of call me in. But if if um, they're funding for you know say there's um, a child with uh, behavioural needs who needs to have a one to one person or a two to one person. Mm-hmm. Um, that week and so they need two extra members of staff you know they need to kind of make um a case with the council that this person needs a certain um level of care when they're at school and they then have to apply for the funding and sometimes they don't get the the funding for that person so i sort of speak to the teachers about it and i kind of hear their frustration if they say oh you know we wanted you for that week, but we weren't able to get you because we couldn't get the council funding or something. So mm. that will make You're it. Yeah, so that's fine. Just go. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and it just, yeah, it just, it can be really, really tricky in those sorts of situations. Yeah. Basically. Um, I guess because you're like you make when I I had like the extra support, you like make that connection with that person that's helping you, and like you kind of. You build up a relationship, and I guess if you're not always there to support them, absolutely, yeah, coming it can in be, and out can be, yeah, definitely, massively, because it's you know especially for um, kids uh, who uh, may have behavioural needs which are triggered by anxiety, and so the best thing to help anxiety is to have a bit of a routine, and then mm. if you cut that routine by losing a TA who's been like a semi permanent person or semi permanent fixture for that person for a while. And then you go off to another school that's so disruptive for that child and you kind of just hear about it through like, you know, I'll sort of check in with the teachers that week and say, hey, how's so-and-so getting on? And, and they'll say, oh, it's been a, been a tricky week. We had a person um, like who we didn't have enough members of staff for that person or they sort of changed the roster and, you know, that can be really tricky. And it's about, especially for kids who are ASL I think is about providing kind of a really solid structure and a routine with a lot of um, support and yeah when those things get taken away for whatever reason through circumstances or lack of funding it's just it's incredibly difficult and then it becomes really disruptive to that child's education which they're like 100% entitled to as well and yeah you kind of feel like they're not getting what they what they deserve what what they have a have a right to by being in this country yeah definitely and like I've heard a lot that they're like removing the schools SEN schools and putting the students into like normal yeah yeah schools and then also the teachers in the like normal schools that's not the right word but um 
in the like what was the word you used? It's like mainstream. Schools. Mainstream, yeah, 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 that's better. Yeah, that's nice. better. Yeah, yeah. Mainstream schools are like having to, the teachers are then having to like cope with the extra students, yeah. and even just extra students is hard enough. But yeah. having students who need more support. Yeah, because then what? Be. That, that's that's a really tricky situation as well. Because then the kids who need more support or different kinds of support then get labelled as the difficult ones. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like, when you're a teenager, you've like, if I, when I was a teenager, my self-esteem was like rock bottom, like non-stop. Like, I didn't have a gross spurt till I was like 17, so I always felt out of place. And if you're having further things which are chucked upon you to make you feel out of place and like you don't belong because of the circumstances, it's so stigmatising and it's so easy to stigmatize those behaviors so if they personally i i think the kind of situation where you have kids who have like special needs departments in mainstream schools can work sometimes as long as they're integrated well but mm-hmm. you know the likelihood is with overcrowding classrooms that then they're not going to be integrated well is my perception just based on some of the circumstances that i've seen what do you mean by that sorry by that integrated like not um the students aren't getting the support they needed or the two yeah exactly. just not getting noticed it, exactly them. i think both to be honest i think in terms of them being given um the support they need in the class to help them with their classwork and them being given like the social support to be able to kind of communicate with their peers and you know some kids communicate through sign language a lot more Mm. and if there's one kid who's communicating with sign language as their number one form of communication then unless everybody learns that way yeah yeah, they're going to feel very isolated massively yeah and um it's that can be so tricky when they're just you know through a language barrier that they're feeling really really isolated Mm. and uh yeah i mean i see quite a few kids who've come from mainstream schools to a special needs school and it's um because previously they've been in that environment and now um yeah they've just sort of joined joined one of our schools that I've, i've been working at and um sometimes it, there can be a bit of an adjustment period because they're just kind of it's a very different you know sort of learning process at those mm. schools and stuff and um they uh and it can take a bit of time as well and i think as well um you know they do pick up on what society makes people feel um in terms of neurodiversity like i think i see a lot of um kids who are um, sort of on the uh, autism spectrum feeling extremely stigmatised by their own diagnosis and then feeling like and trying to fight it actively trying to fight who they are mm. um, because they feel the perception of society saying that they're different and they don't see representation in the media that they're watching so like yeah. number one thing they'll be watching is like Marvel movies and they don't see like an ASD superhero and stuff or a superhero with a hearing impairment or something like that and as a result they feel like they're weird or different and yeah. so when people say like oh it's you know woke culture taking over or it's, it's like diversity parade or whatever and it's like no it's way more than that you know it's um, it's representation and yeah. it's people just wanting to be able to see themselves in the media 
and if you already see yourself in the media then you don't need that yeah um, knowing you're like feeling a part of exactly like, society yeah, yeah massively. for sure and I think what well, I was going to say like I think with dyslexia and I was thinking about school there was we had like an extra like support yeah for like dyslexia dyspraxia and autism but there were so many students that I feel like didn't get that support until a lot later on. Yeah. Until like year twelve, because unfortunately, like they just weren't diagnosed early enough. Yeah. And that probably then like, slips through a lot. It massively does. I think loads of people sort of try to conceal stuff because they feel bad about it. So you know, like um, you know, there, there's never been that when I was at school, there was never constructive conversations about that kind of stuff. It mm. was just like oh you're different because you need extra time in the exams or something yeah so yeah they didn't make it easy for me yeah. <laughs> I remember like I had to, I sat on a like a podium in the assembly hall so everyone's got their normal things and then my seat's like on a weirder podium with the laptop on it so mm-hmm. I'm like higher than everybody yeah. else and then I was like oh they might as well just like put a spotlight on yeah, you yeah literally so, and know, then yeah. there was a point where I was on the stage yeah and everyone else is not and then when more and more people got diagnosed, all of us who were being diagnosed and were getting the help that we needed, yeah. we were all put on the stage. Wow. And everybody else sat, like, facing us. Yeah, that's really bizarre. And at the time, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is where I have to sit. But then I was yeah. like, this is actually really, like, one, distracting for an exam because yeah. it felt really awkward. And two, why not just put a massive, like, sign over my head and then yeah. just said, like, a spotlight. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what yeah. they're doing, I don't think that um, schools have a huge uh, sort of sense of... They just feel, I think, pressure from governments to tick boxes. Yeah. And then they don't feel kind of much of a conscientious thought process as to, oh, how are we actually making someone feel by by doing this to them? Yeah, but Um, that is so true. That's really what I'm trying to get across. With Melanade, there's so many factors to it. Like I said, like exams and funding, but like it all just comes down to. I'll definitely show you the musical at some point. Yeah, like, I would um, love yeah, to the see the musical. On, that would be amazing. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some of the clips that he's been been working on in terms of what like the kids have been making have been amazing. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. To, yeah, definitely. Or if they need help. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'd be really be, keen. That would be incredible. I think you'd be perfect for that. I'll chat to um to uh, my mate Simon, who's who's. The teacher working on on the musical yeah and um no, i'm sure he'd really really love your input yeah i'd be more than happy to i think it'd be really interesting that'd be amazing yeah yeah, yeah that'd definitely be really, really cool. yeah i you think definitely come in that'd be great um so do you always work at the same school or different um different i work at two schools i work at a school in harrow oh you said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so two different ones sorry they're both they both Forgot. got like quite a different vibe though those schools like the harrow school i think is probably a bit more um maybe a bit more playful I don't know it's hard to say um I feel like the Ealing school has more resources they both have incredible teachers I like I I cannot fault the teachers to a mm. T they just um the Harrow school maybe like it's just a bit more I think that the Ealing school is more modern so the facilities there are maybe yeah. like a bit nicer but um the Harrow school is like really really fun and I'm sort of so used to working there from like a yeah, just being there week after week and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. It does sound like a really, yeah, great job to be doing. And are you saying yeah. about the well-being as well? And, like, that's, yeah. do you, could you 
talk a bit more about that. Definitely. The wellbeing class has, I think, been a, a, you know, a big game changer. Um, seeing the way that the teacher will have a constructive conversation about mental health in the classroom, and especially if I'm one-to-oneing that day. So when I say one-to-one, I should explain that that just means um, a student needs a mem- one member of staff with them at all time, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm one-to-oneing with... Um, a student that day and uh, then we walk into the classroom and there's a mindfulness class happening uh, or about to happen and the teacher always is very switched on about the student that I'm working with so um, he or she will will present it in a really really good way just by saying um, okay what, what are the number one causes of of stress does anyone here know what can make someone stressed and then it just creates a really calm discussion about mm. what can be triggers for different people and making everyone have a lot more awareness of other people's struggles that they're going through on a daily basis. And like one of the schools I've been working at, some of the kids have, you know, um, some of the children are, are refugees from like Afghanistan or Syria mm. and stuff. So they've, they've been through like so much in their lives already. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot to unpack there that, you know, we don't necessarily address it in the mindfulness classes, but to have a positive approach to mental health, I just think that it's so much better to have a conversation like that rather than to just say, oh, they're problems and we don't talk about them, which is what yeah. I felt I had at school. And yeah, just, uh, and things like, you know, yoga and calmness and they do a lot of, um, a lot of yoga in the afternoons and stuff with the kids and you can just kind of see the positive effect of that because they, you know, they've been running around in the playground. Some of them might get really stressed. Some of them might have a fight in the playground with someone mm-hmm. else. You know, if someone says something really mean, they come in really stressed and really pent up um, after lunch and then they just kind of sit down, have about half an hour of yoga and that kind of mellows them out. It's yeah, amazing. I can see how that would, yeah, definitely work properly for every school. Every school, exactly, <laughs> every yeah. School I was like, my school, too. every time I'm there, I'm like, I wish my school had this. This yeah. is amazing. And, um, and, like, you know, the therapists, like, well, like, the te- so the, they have on-site therapists to help a lot of the students with, um, you know, different problems that they may be facing, which are affecting their education. And then they, you know, all the teachers, they're always asking way more questions than why haven't you done the worksheet they're saying hey well is everything okay okay like, yeah that's very you know, good yeah and that's like really noticing it yeah massively. i think it's amazing because um i didn't know that much about like how their cn schools work yeah so hearing about it's really interesting compared to i think yeah if you went to a mainstream school you would just have that question why haven't you done it yeah yeah you know, exactly. unless you have a really understanding tutor like teacher yeah um you would have those questions and it does affect your like self-esteem massively like hugely i was very lucky that my parents were really like positive and taught me the positives of being dyslexic yeah so i've never i've always known like oh it has like it has hindered me but i've always felt like it's given me a lot more than yeah than taking like being a disadvantage but yeah as i said so many students who don't get diagnosed don't understand it and then are being told why yeah. haven't you done this yeah can you just not do it yeah. feeling really singled out so yeah. that's why neurodiversity and um 
not just dyslexia, all neurodiversities and then mental health are like having massive like link to one another. It's so huge. It's so huge. And like like you were saying as well about the funding kind of thing, that really comes down to sometimes like it I was watching this video the other day about postcode privilege and just how, you know, everyone can be affected by the different things that has happened happening in their neighborhoods and stuff to mm. the experience that they have in education and wherever they feel singled out and stuff like that and uh, we had one student with us who was making like loads and loads of progress and then he went back to his home country with his family and in his home country they don't really have a positive attitude towards SEN kids or kids with challenging behaviors like his and so his progress that he'd made in like the last three years was potentially going to go out the window because he would have gone back to being stigmatised mm. again. And that's just the hardest thing in the world. That was Hearing that news was kind of heartbreaking that he'd, he'd already left the country with his family. And um, so there is definitely like, you know, things to be positive about, I think, in the country in terms of like we are lucky in certain ways. But yeah. I always think as well it's really really important to try and keep interrogating that and saying how can we make it better because yeah yeah there's... yeah we are very fortunate and yeah for sure, in, in some definitely. ways for sure yeah but then also in others like you know your whole childhood experience could be completely different if you live two miles down the road and yeah. like and in terms of the funding the kind of schools you got available to you and you know there just isn't really consistency across the board in terms of what's available for kids especially in London yeah definitely that is very very good point yeah I was what was I going to say it's gone from my head yeah is, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've said way more than I was expecting to I was like this has been a proper interesting yeah no it's, it's like, really interesting yeah really good to like get a totally different viewpoint on it yeah somebody who's working directly now in schools yeah definitely. because as much as the show's about my experience i'm trying to make it quite relevant to what's going on at the moment but i hadn't really thought about se in schools have you thought about you know just doing a few days here and there working working as a, as a ta just to, to come and check it out i think that yeah. would yeah something like yeah. that would be very useful for like the research and development yeah, of it sure. For sure. Like, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do in different kind of school environments that you can go to. And, um, yeah, just when I started doing it, I, you know, it was, it was terrifying. And the first few weeks, um, but then it was just a case of like, oh, I'll just copy this teaching assistant because, and then, you know, just go to loads of people with, with questions and stuff. Mm. And then, um, and then as time goes on, you know, it's like teachers will ask you to do, ask you to work with maybe more challenging kids because they trust you more, and then that's the that's the nicest feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've got a few friends that do. One friend that's just had her teach first like interview. Oh, nice. That's so okay. she's yeah, yeah gonna go do that at primary school level. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully. Yeah. But I was like, that's like getting thrown in the deep. That deep is. End. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Proper checked in there. That's yeah. It. Yeah. I think that's where like I I have so much respect for teachers for being able to do that. I feel like I wouldn't be able to juggle comedy and teaching fully because just no. yeah the responsibilities of doing like a lesson plan every single evening and not just a lesson plan loads of them and then you know going in every single day and and I always say to people like 
teaching is the most similar job to comedy that I've ever done because we're teaching teaching assistant that is because you're holding you're trying to help hold the interest of a class on target mm. on course so it is kind of like a gig yeah it's kind of like somebody else told me with teaching it's kind of like you have to kind of create this character from your like a persona yes. from yourself yes definitely um, yeah and you kind yeah. of yeah like I had yeah and you don't really know what kind of persona you have until so it just you're comes there out. yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you going to be a quiet teacher yeah. when it's really nice and then when they shout you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. it don't mess with them exactly yeah <laughs> or yeah just like I, I think yeah I thought I was going to be like really positive and upbeat and encouraging all the time as like my persona because I sort of try and be that outside but um, I think I sort of ended up being like kind of grumpy but funny that's my persona so like I'll, I'll try and sort of joke around with them but when I want them to focus and do their work I'll be like don't mess around yeah. I'm not in the mood don't yeah. just don't <laughs> I think that's yeah, yeah a good one definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a teacher who was like that he was great really really funny guy but then nice. when he was serious we were all like oh, okay exactly <laughs> exactly you know what the deal is yeah like, that's definitely it. yeah because sometimes they do mess about and that was like I remember like the first time where I sort of had to like the teacher left me alone in the classroom for 20 minutes it's the first time that had ever happened and it was a class of about 20 kids and they were they'd all been as good as gold like for that first um first half of the class and then the teacher walked out and they were just watching a video so I was like oh this is fine and then they all started like chatting throwing paper at each other and um I hadn't said a thing in that class. I hadn't probably introduced myself or yeah. like chatted to them or said, oh, what are you working on? Or like built a level of engagement. So I was just like really frosty and I was like, right, the video goes off if you carry on talking. And I paused it and I waited for silence and then I pressed play and I was just like, God, that is monstrous. That was so cold. <laughs> I would never do that. Again. I would just be like, yeah. yeah. Didn't know you had it in you. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, to be that like, because I was really, I was really scared that it was so many people, and I didn't fully know how to deal with that situation, and I was sort of panicked. So I think, yeah, if if people ever have like a teacher who is really frosty, then just remember they're terrified, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're, just, they're being scary because they're really scared. Scared themselves. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that's makes it. sense. I guess like with melanate makes me think like when we first did a the like work in progress that I just just did my character Melanie Waters, who's like a game show host, oh, cool. but the game show was set like a classroom. Yeah was quite a frosty, very mean, scary teacher. Yeah. But we're wanting to change this now. So, because realise it's not really... The teachers are great. And that you'll get a lot... You'll maybe get one teacher that will... Their response to you being neurodiverse will affect you badly. But the majority are there to help you. And teachers do a lot of great work. And aren't getting credited. And it's more the higher up government who are making teachers be really stressed, they're not getting paid enough. As you yeah. said, they're having to make lesson plans all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, apparently those who teachers are quitting, so it's so something like Teach it's First had to, yeah. had to be put in place. It's massive. Like, um, yeah, talking to all the teachers about it, sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know how you guys do it. It just seems like the most stressful thing in the world sometimes in terms of the level of work that they have to put in and then you know like 
walking away from it, they can say, especially in the schools that I worked in, they can say that they've had a phenomenal impact on the students that they've worked with. And I've worked with so many, you know, teachers and teaching and TAs and um, LSAs, learning support assistants, mm. who've just had a phenomenal impact on the kids. And you can see it. And the kids are very grateful for it. And they will react to that member of staff because of the impact that that staff member has had on them. Um, but yeah, just the circum... It just feels like... This happens a lot in mainstream schools that it's a very box ticking kind of culture now that's like imposed from the government from exam culture and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. So SEN schools do have a bit more flexibility like that, mm. but there's still kind of um, learning objectives that they've got to get through and you know laid, laid down by the exam boards. So there'll be like tasks that they have to do each week mm. um but then you know there can be other things of right you know it's uh we've done all the work that we were supposed to do this morning so let's just do some papier-mâché with uh harry potter stuff yeah. or something and they'll be like we went to harry potter world last week let's build harry potter world in the school or something and you know then they can do something really fun like that and yeah and that's like create like i think so important that we don't lose like creative subjects in like schools because they help yeah. with learning yeah like massively Hugely. so it's great that yeah. like they get to do a lot of that yeah i think in mainstream schools it's now just cut and it's as you Absolutely. said tick the box get your a star yeah. in english if you don't yeah tough the, luck yeah exactly and the the school i've been at um as well it's very uh, task orientated so every single class that I've been um, they sort of when the kids start their days they'll be in their form class which will be their sort of project class that they have so that would either be something like music cooking DT art mm. um, drama or something like that and um, the kids then will be working on their overall project in those classes so you know um, in like the cooking class uh, the last time I was in there, they were learning to make the perfect scrambled eggs and stuff like that. And then in the DT yeah. class, they were all making bird boxes and things like that. And so they go off and do their core subjects like English, maths and science during the day. But they will be like doing their project, project led classes like in the morning. And those are amazing as well. I, like I was in the cooking class um, sort of every single day for a while. And um, that I thought that was fantastic because that was you know, when they were measuring stuff out and ingredients and things like that, that was using maths, but like without realizing they were using maths. Mm -hmm. And um, and then they were having to use, you know, communication skills, working with other people to try and sort of like put things together and they had to delegate jobs out. And especially if they were making cakes and stuff, someone would be making icing, someone would be making the cake and then another person makes the other half of the cake. And yeah, so like working, having those team skills that you yeah, need exactly. for the exactly. future. Yeah, as it's amazing and um, I again I didn't get that when I was at school and I was just always I loved those classes there was it was always like there was never a difficult start to the day when I was in those kind of classrooms yeah, because yeah. I'd be going and going yeah I'm gonna go and make some cakes with these guys it's gonna be loads of fun and I've, I've never been able to say that about another job that I've done um, you know when someone asks me about how, how was your day and I can just be like yeah got to make cakes all day with the kids yeah awesome. that yeah. is amazing yeah it was I was yeah interested in as well sorry were you gonna please finish yeah, <laughs> um 
I was interested in what you're saying about how they get tested, how, like, in SEN schools they get tested and do that. So, like you're saying, by task, and they have to meet objectives yeah. still. Yeah, so there'll be, like, learning objectives, and um, that I think the exam, they follow, like, a syllabus laid down um, by the exam boards, like, um, a, I think AQA uh, is the example mm. they're following at the moment, and then that, that will have... Um, certain things laid out in their syllabus of um, they need to see the kids uh, reflecting certain skills in in areas um, for them to be able to kind of progress to the next level and stuff um, so it's about fulfilling so kind of every time they do a bit of work you're kind of always indicating on that piece of paper how much help they had what kind of help they had so if I was um, just leaving them to do the work then that would be them just doing the work completely independently if I was just explaining a little bit more then that would kind of be just in an assisting capacity and then there's kind of like if you're doing a demonstration of the exercise then that's kind of called modelling um, the work so there's like loads of different categories of help that you can offer when when they're doing the work and then sometimes when they're just being individually um, assessed because they, they do have to have that and you just kind of have to leave them to their own resources and just let them do the exercises so mm. we can sort of see how much they can do without any outside help just to see what kind of stage they're at basically and they do it in each of the subjects yeah so in each of the subjects they will they'll will have um, uh, sort of learning objectives to get through and and then um, yeah tests of different varieties and stuff okay that's good yeah that they test it yeah exactly yeah lots of different ways massively different ways yeah so it's it's and it's always kind of like you know there, there will be exams at the end and presentations and courseworks that they have to do mm. um, but it will be kind of match much more matched to their skill set than it would have been sort of yeah in a mainstream yeah school. I think that's what my like fear is that if they're gonna really like from the research I've done it's quite horrific the lack of funding that SEN schools have got to then them have to merge with mainstream schools are they then gonna like or are they already sitting the same exams that yeah. students in a mainstream school are sitting because that isn't fair if to make them sit an exam for that is made for a neurotypical person definitely definitely if um, I don't know a huge amount of what's happening in the, yeah. in the mainstream school situation, but if they're having to do that, where sort of um, you know neurodiversity isn't catered for, then that is you know a really really horrible situation, yeah. and it's again it's creating such a stigma with these kids that it's making people feel like because they can't jump through hoops that certain other people can, that there's a problem with them, and then that is then just going to make people feel like they can't go on and do anything, do anything later yeah. in life which is really really tricky and um, and is yeah it's the case yeah hugely and, and a lot of people were in these kind of situations like I find it helpful to kind of talk about these things because you know even people who are really good mates of mine will say sort of quite ignorant things about neurodiversity and say oh yeah but um, they can't, some of those people won't be able to get jobs 
when they're older and I'm not like what are you talking about of course they can get jobs of course they can do these things mm-hmm. when they're older there's, and that's one of the things that I love about the school is that they really drum into you there's no excuse for laziness and stuff like that they'll really be quite firm about that and you say that to the kids you say look there's no excuse for laziness no excuse for rudeness um, all these things no excuse for bad behaviour so no one can fall back on something to try and say oh it's 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 my 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 condition or whatever is making me making yeah. me do, not do these things or not want to and it's like well what parameters can we give you to help you feel like you can thrive and stuff and that's a much more kind of constructive conversation to have because yeah I, I think there isn't if there was more neurodiversity and representation in like the workforce as well just in the UK in general I think that that would have a more positive effect on the way that people um, who are outside of that neurodiverse culture who um, yeah how they would treat yeah. them as well because like even like people who are neurodiverse are very like good in jobs yeah. I think but it's yeah. having the confidence like they exactly. are they, they will have the skills that an employer would want because sometimes they're good like team skills as you yeah. said and they've learned all these like great creative skills that can be used in actual yeah. day-to-day life but it's having that mindset that oh I can go for this yes like, yeah. I will be successful yeah which exactly. is definitely something to work on you said in the media and like because some of them are like hidden disabilities yeah because I, so. I think that's, that is the thing in the media that, like, you know, there's always a sense of everyone is, feels like they're always being told to stay in their lane and they're always being told you can only do X, Y, Z and there's only certain things you can do. And if you do those things, like, if, if you operate outside of that, then there's a problem with you. I, I remember my sister was uh, she's a doctor and she was working as a surgeon and she was sort of saying oh yeah surgery's a bit of a boys club um, at the hospital she was at and she was just finding some of the people she was working with because it's such a like competitive field mm. and really really intense environment but it's so important to have people like my sister in the mix there kind of representing and just being, and showing that yeah surgeons don't need to be like blokes all the time and stuff and it's the same in terms of neurodiversity it's like we need to have these voices and people in positions of power and you know uh, to be able to kind of change the way change yeah. people's perceptions about it basically and change the culture and it is always a thing of just trying to improve the culture on a day-by-day basis. I think that was like the coolest thing that I learned from the best teacher, one, one I don't want to say the best teacher, that's very <laughs> sure. Um, but one of the best teachers that I had uh, was this guy called Pavel, and he, he's great. Um, and he was always incredibly, like he was very, very good with kids who had very complicated behaviours, and, um, and he was... Uh, he was just really productive at always being able to provide a solution in difficult circumstance mm. and um, always had really good strategies up his sleeve for helping out kids with uh, maybe more challenging needs. And I, I just said to him at the end of one day, like, which was, I found a hard enough day, but that was just a normal day for him. I was like, how do you do this? How do you, how do, you do this on a daily basis? And he just said, um, 
you just try to do a little bit better than you did yesterday at this job mm. and that's, that's all you do and I was like wow that's, this is one of the best teachers I've, I've worked with and he has one of the most humble attitudes that I've ever seen you know he doesn't think he's special but like I've worked with so many teachers and I can definitely say he's really really special just the way he relates to the kids yeah. and stuff and that's really just trying to do a little bit better than... Exactly, yeah. That is really powerful. It's so powerful. It's not, and like, overwhelming. Either. Yeah. Just it's sort of, like, not, not revolution, it's evolution. And it's just a day-by-day thing. And, yeah. And I think that kind of approach to, to mindfulness and neurodiversity and all of these kind of things with mental health as well, mm. um, that just... Uh, that would be, like, a really positive way to approach it, I think. Yeah. 100%. It's definitely like if we can change, make people neurodiverse feel better, something like that's important. And as you said, like the well being, the representation. Yeah. And knowing time. that you can, yeah. That you can do things. Like I do a lot of writing in my job. Yeah. It's like marketing. Okay, yeah. So I have to get my words spelled right. Yeah. And while it might take me longer than the person next to me, I'm I've been able to get myself there and do it but it yeah. is with that as I said I was very fortunate to have drilled into me that it's a positive thing in a way yeah exactly whereas people who don't and don't have that support system exactly just won't feel like they can totally. do that and then it's just really low self-esteem that they're just and that that's the really horrible thing about uh, self-esteem and if it's not built up enough when you're younger, younger. that when you get to like your 30s that's when the sort of personality dust has kind of settled so however you you are at that time is going to be however you are for the rest of your life and if you just permanently mm. has low self-esteem then you don't know anything else that's what is so right that's why i'm like looking at schools because it starts off in schools yeah and that's where it needs to the change needs to happen first and foremost I massively think. definitely mm. yeah. yeah okay um I was gonna. Did you want to talk any more about like into comedy and your your show as well? You can. Um, I think the show at the moment is kind of uh, it's sort of a bit of my show from Edinburgh last year, and then it will be a bit of my new show this year. And I'm still, I'm kind of, um, I've gone from talking about school in my show last year to now sort of talking about my childhood. So um, yeah, and I'm still testing the water with stuff. Mm. So I'm still seeing how things go and, and seeing what people find funny and what people find engaging. So I'm trying to figure out... I'm still trying to put it together, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I totally so understand. Yeah, yeah, same situation. Same <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Always changing. It's always changing. <laughs> exactly. Every day it's different. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I've got to prepare this now. Like, I, I sort of... Yeah. I really like trying to incorporate new ideas as well because I feel like the more I try and do that, the better it gets. And you know to never like it is really fun chucking in new stuff and not knowing if it's going to work as well yeah it it does I guess you know it must be the same for yourself like in terms of if you've got this new idea that you you're really excited about and you want to try but then you've got some other stuff that you've done like a hundred times yeah it's more fun yeah it is more fun yeah I've got a performance on Saturday and I'm trying to work out whether I want to like sell the show and do the thing that I know works yeah. or try and just do this totally new thing for the first time and I'm like I should really do this and I probably will yeah. enjoy that yeah. but there's a fear Yeah. I get. I feel like sometimes I get quite precious over the things I've created and I'm like you can always create something new and I'm trying to get really used to being like cut it out yeah, it's, yeah. it's really difficult that, isn't it it's like 
you get really attached to older bits as well and you're like oh but this just works and I know it works yeah yeah it's a safe bit and then and then um yeah but it is so much fun and when it works when it's new oh my god that's just like yeah it's great definitely Yeah. yeah And it's on at Volts. Uh, yes, it's on at Volts, which and it's um, not inside the actual Volts on Leak Street. It's just outside of that, so it's kind of next to the I think the Old Vic Theatre, um, just around the corner from that. And yes, this big neon sign outside that says "Hello, darling." And then if you go downstairs, like there's um, this really cool sort of like seating area, which is like. Got okay. thirty seats downstairs, and it looks like a sort of Moroccan lounge or something. It's, oh, yeah, it's really it's nice. Exciting. Really I haven't exciting. seen that venue. I definitely recommend. I yeah, checking it out on if, we- on just on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. Um and um, but yeah, no worries if if uh, anyone can't make that. I'm doing shows um all the time and stuff, so I'm working towards you know this going to show. Edinburgh as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Are you going up to Edinburgh as well? Trying to decide. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about it at the moment? Just if it's worth it for money because of how expensive so it is. It's gone crazy, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and whether I need to do it that way, mm. or whether, and whether, yeah, whether that's the best place to do it, or whether I just do it more in London venues and do yeah. it more of like a tour. Yeah. And also working full time, like I love my job here so like what I do here is um, work creative learning so all the schools yeah um, schools work the like free festivals do the young barbican schemes it's all it's also linked to melanade and that it's how important the arts is yeah in working with communities and bringing people their confidence and their well-being yeah Um, so I, I don't I I would like to stay here as well and I'm like, I can't Amazing. take a yeah. whole month off to That's do really this. That's really difficult, yeah. If you've got such a good base down here and you've got the platform to do what it is that you do yeah. down here, then I, I but think... I would, yeah. I would love to go to Edinburgh. Edinburgh's great. I would yeah. love to do it. I'm just like... I, I had this chat with my friend last last summer where I was just like, like Edinburgh would be perfect, I think, if it was like 20 days because it's just too long. Like, you can't really take a month out for anything. No. And, um, and I, I don't know about you, but when I was up there, I was just eating pizza and pancakes like every day and curries every day. Yeah, like, I just had like beans and, <laughs> yeah. beans and rice. Beans and rice, nice. <laughs> I had a lot of jacket potatoes from Pleasant yeah, <laughs> Pleasant's yeah, don't insult yeah. their jacket potatoes I had so good because like, I went on the stage managed a show yeah. and that was exhausting just like running the tech yeah I was like how are you all performing every day it's insane I just it? also yeah. yeah don't know if I could do it I, that's just a relentless thing <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's mad yeah. I, I think from doing it last year I think it's actually easier if you don't have a day off because a day off knocks your rhythm and um because you're just kind of powering through and you just keep going, going, going and then you have a day off and you're like, your body goes, is it over? And then you're like, no, it's not over. Yeah, and, and it go, it starts to get unwell, yeah. Yeah. That's then, a, yeah. yeah. You go back to it and your body's like, why are you making me do this again? And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to do yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for Cheers, speaking babes. with thank me. So this much. has been great. It's been lovely. Um,